0: My podcast the show dedicated to the half demon hero hosted by me
1: kate thompson and me mark david And wow <laughs> wow i get excited every time we do the intro wow. for wow. all of the listeners we're pumping ourselves up i yeah we're totally <laughs> pumped uh, we were pumped before we started, and then as soon as I hear the intro, I get super pumped and excited.
0: It works.
1: We're back at it. <laughs> we're diving more and more into the world of Hellboy. Yeah, man. Um, today, we're we're actually officially going to be starting and going through the first ever BPRD storyline, Hollow yeah. Earth. Yeah. We're
0: deep in it now, baby. Yeah,
1: we are dedicated to getting through <laughs> everything. <laughs> we, we might be dead by the time we finish this mean. So, there's, there's a good there's amount like of stuff to,
0: to go through But it's cool
1: It's very cool Yeah um, But before we can jump into that um, story We got a couple segments to get through And the first one is Countdown to Hellboy 2019 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I don't remember all of the intro music That we create with our mouths uh, There's not much We're just sort of all sitting around Waiting for it to come out <laughs> Yeah uh, But The website We Got This Covered um, is where I got this information from. Apparently, earlier this—well, let me look at the date on this. This was about three days ago um, that this was posted. So it just says that what occurred was that Mike Mignola posted on Twitter something about actually a new trailer on its way from Legendary. Cool. Um, Indicating that, you know, he not, maybe not so much himself, but also, but that there was a, due to the reaction, the unfortunate split reaction of the trailer and the use of money, money and the trailer, (laughs) that there was a new second trailer coming that would be a little more, uh, conducive to what is expected of the film sweet however he posted this and then that this website saying that then the it was deleted so it's just speculating is that due to legendary not having it ready yet is it legendary is it true or not you know what i mean yeah something to do with them not uh having that whatever the secondary trailer ready or if there will ever be one who knows? But it's just, you know, it gets us a little titillated about the movie and yeah. no, and just gives us a little maybe we can add a hope that maybe a, a second trailer could possibly make us like it more, I guess.
0: Yeah, like watching that other, there was like a fan cut trailer that was like pretty decent without Money Money.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't hate, like, I don't hate the idea of a cool, like, fun song for it, but it might have just not been the right one. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel you. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, I, it'd be fun to see. I'm not a big. When I say that, I was about to say it'd be fun to see more footage, but I'm not that kind of person. I really don't like the new culture of clips. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit. I like a trailer because a trailer can like sort of it can tease you. They can lie to you because you don't know what moments are in a film. Right. Uh, but I don't like this culture of clips. Clips don't do anything for me because yeah. I'm like. If I'm that excited, I'll wait. You know.
0: Yeah, they're like totally out of context, and like you don't get. I mean, it's, you know, I I, I would rather see the whole piece too. I can I can see like, totally from with that. Yeah, I used to be I used to be like really ravenous for stuff like that in like high school. Like any movie that I was super into, I would want to see like everything coming out about it. But it's more to just like. Talk about it and be like, I'm informed about this. Yeah, and now I'm just like, I would rather like it feels just better to watch the movie. So, uh, yeah, I think I've, I'm on board with that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, once I see a movie, I'll dive deep on it if I love it. Yeah, I'm all into like um, commentaries, behind the scenes things. I love a good interview with a, uh, with a director. Yeah. or you know people that have made the movie, but
0: I gotta see it first. Yeah, <laughs> I do love commentary. Like it's the it's great. It's oh great. yeah,
1: they are great. I just recently because I'm going through the MCU again. Um, the Russo brothers. I've listened to the commentary from Captain America: Winter Soldier. So good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the Russo brothers that directed it and the two writers that.
0: I haven't wrote. listened to that one.
1: It's really good. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. And I'm excited when I get to the Avengers Infinity War because they have one on there, too. Sweet. And I'm like, ooh, baby, I'm going to (laughs) eat that up. (laughs) But it comes out, I mean, that's it. Countdown to uh, Hellboy 2019. It comes out April 12th. We're all getting stoked. Dude, that's coming up. It's right around the corner.
0: I'm going to blink we, my eyeballs. We're
1: almost done with February. I <laughs> it's yeah, we are I know I'm getting older because
0: of the way I talk about time.
1: <laughs> yes, time is getting faster I mean, and faster. I mean, you just
0: close your eyes for a minute and then all of a sudden you're 108
1: you regular Van Winkle over there. I'm a real Van Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a little
2: delirious. That's okay. I got okay. my dog,
0: listeners. I got my dog. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you dude, got a dog. We got it yesterday, so I'm, like, really delirious. Oh, like, because we slept in the living room with her because we tried to, like, we didn't want her to, like, shit on the rug or something, so we, like, tried to be like, oh, we'll just have her hang out in the bathroom. And, like, as soon as we closed the door, she was like, Why?
1: Whiny or this? bark?
0: She was like whining, but it was like starting to ramp up. And I was like, we really can't have her bark because like we're in an apartment. And yeah, so we ended up just like chilling with her in the living room. I, I didn't want to put her in the bed yet because we didn't, her skin's, we didn't wash her yet. So she's yeah. a dirt rat. And I'm, I just want to wait until. Yeah, you
1: got to get a washed. We're going to wash her today. You got to make sure. She's not going to eat your face.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been bitten on the face by a dog before, so I'm a little wary of her. I feel bad. Like, I feel like Jessica's like, she loves dogs and she's like, hi, dog, immediately. And I'm like, still a little, this is my first dog.
1: It's okay to be skeptical and like. Yeah, I just want to be be like
0: respectful of her and not like be up in her face because that's what got me bit in the first place. I like, my friend's dog was on the couch and I was like, hi, puppy. And then she bit me right on the lip. Had to get stitches. Yikes. Yeah.
1: It can happen. Even the nicest dogs yeah. can freak out. Yeah, exactly. Get yeah. in their space too much.
0: They're or, wolves. They're wolves. They're all wolves. Down there. <laughs> Deep down there in their hearts.
1: Well, that's cool. Tell the yeah. listeners the name of your dog. Furiosa. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. She's
0: very chill. She's the
1: opposite. Love it. I she guess it. She doesn't pretty... live in an apocalypse yet. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. She would be calm and cool and collected in, in an apocalypse <laughs> situation.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Great. So in our next segment, uh, uh, we got to we got to check those emails because we got a segment of, oh, boy, email. Uh, (laughs) Drum drum solo into that one. Uh, So this one comes from the originator of. Our nickname, The Crappers. (laughs) Trademark. Yep, trademark. Trademark Drew. Yep, Drew Campbell. (laughs) And he says, hey, crappers. Oh, and this email is is titled Conqueror Worm Feedback. Sweet. So, hey, crappers. Great episode. And I'm so glad to hear how much you guys loved this story. Conqueror Worm holds a special place in my heart because it was the first story I read as it was being published. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm jealous of that. Uh, I wish I could have experienced it back then, just issue to issue. (laughs) I've told you my story of how I discovered Hellboy, but this story is where I stopped just catching up and started feeling like I was along for the ride.
0: Nice.
1: Wonderful. I love everything about this story, the quote from Poe, the Lovecraftian embedding, doom the occult nazi stuff the pulp influence of R- lobster johnson the wtf moment of the reveal of the alien the first full yeah. view Yeah, it's, that's i love that moment too it stops you in your footsteps of reading the story
0: yeah i definitely yeah you're like
1: oh yeah they i was exist. ready for a ghost got me an alien got you an alien <laughs> that's very uh tommy knockers a uh, little stephen king reference uh, the first full view of how awesome a character Roger is and the bond that has formed between him and Hellboy. And ending with the sadness mixed with a sense of unlimited possibilities when Hellboy quits the BPRD. Yeah. And then he says, and man, the art. Yeah. You're right about it's that. It's very cool. A lot Gorgeous. of good
0: explosions in Conqueror Worm.
1: Yes, every I think I it was hard to pick each time we did an episode about it. It was hard to pick a favorite because you just want to be like, well, all of it. <laughs> yeah, all of it was great. I still
0: think. I mean, I ended up picking that ghost one, and I do think about that one still. Like, I can imagine it in my mind.
1: Yeah, Ooh. it's very Haunting.
0: cool. It's just like a very he did such a good job of like, like, it's geeky, but it's like the outline of the figure being like interrupted like interrupting the like darkness that you can see through it. It's just like a very cool way to convey that something is transparent or translucent. Um, yeah, it was just cool. (laughs) I
1: I love it. it. Yeah. You gotta be, I love, that was wonderful. Yeah. And he says, I definitely think that Mike's art has always been consistently getting better and better. But I enjoy all the eras of his work. And the art in Conqueror Worm really strikes me as a sweet spot between the more detailed earlier art and the more minimalist quality of his later work. Totally. Yeah, it's it definitely feels, I agree with him, a transitional stage yeah. for Mignola. Yeah. You guys were wondering about the heads in the cabinet. Those are heads of saints with their initials and year of, uh, of death written on them. This is a very cool thing to now know. Oh, yeah. He says they are St. Jerome, St. Dominic, St. Hugh of Clooney, uh, Cluny, I think. Uh, Saint Ambrose, Saint Edward the Confessor, and Saint Philibert of Jumieges. G- G- I should have known it
0: was Saint Philibert.
1: It was is that on the true? Of you should t- know. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know anything about saints. Years. I wasn't. I mean, is saints is more? That's. I mean, that's ca- some Catholic right? shit. I should yeah.
0: know something. I would assume that they were like Saint. A lot of saints like heard voices, so I would assume. You know, that would go with the theme of it where it's like certain special people could hear and communicate with these creatures from deep space. I would assume that it would be like if it was any saints, it would be the ones who were like, oh, I hear God and I hear all kinds of shit. For sure. There were plenty of them.
1: But what I like about it is the knowledge of them being saints enhances that moment. Yeah, it's, but it's
0: so evil. Knowing. It's like as evil yeah. as it could be. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: We're going to use these, these, figure, these holy figures for our evil demise. Yeah. But I love that. But also, me not knowing it didn't diminish the story.
0: Not at all, yeah. It just enriched, like, Drew's telling us that enriches it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like any of his little, like, historical kind of, like, Easter eggs almost, like, putting... Like, historical stuff in there are, like, references to, like, even if we don't understand the reference of whatever the, like, legend is or fairy tale or something, it still feels like, oh, there's history to this. Yeah. Yeah, he's great at including. All his
1: stories tend to feel original but also very lived in because yeah. of that. Yeah. It's very cool. His balance yeah. of the two.
0: Thanks for telling us that, Drew. Yeah,
1: Drew, that's great information to have. Yeah, dude. And then he also puts us in his place with this. <laughs> FYI, the word Krigafi would be pronounced something like kregafu. You're very really great at looking at these and immediately knowing how, how they're pronouncing Krig, afu Krigafu, Kreg-afu? Kregafu? I'm going
0: to guess fuh. Krigafu.
1: Krigafu. Yeah, that Krig-a-fuh. sounds more German. Dude, I'm, I sound Gaffa, stupid. Gaffa.
0: I don't know if I sound German. I, don't, I, sound like I,
1: I feel like I'm being like some generic uh, like European accent or like. I feel like a computer a trying to pronounce it. Like when you go on Gaffa. like
0: dictionary.com and click on the, like I'm over enunciating it. Gaffa. Gaffa. <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess that's how it's
1: Yeah. We're probably butchering this even worse for you, sorry. <laughs> I know, sorry. I'm sorry, Drew, send us a
0: follow-up email about what <laughs> yeah. stupid idiots we
2: are. <laughs>
1: yeah, he says, the last <laughs> syllable is similar to the last syllable in the word sofa. Fa, fuh. Fuh. Yeah, fuh. yeah, I should have finished that Frega-fuh. sentence. Before attempting to hey, pronounce it. we're
0: just going. <laughs> we're just
1: going. It's true. I just go. It's okay. And yes, I am an authority on German pronunciation because I've been doing German lessons on Duolingo for a while now. Very I mean, good.
0: I'll take it. That's more <laughs> German than I know.
1: And he says Krigaffa is a term that Mike came up with, which translates to war ape. War ape. That's very cool that he came up with that too. Yeah. Like very rad. War ape. I'm just going to say war ape. Now, every time I see Krigafa I'm just going to say war ape. Just translate it in your head. (laughs) No, I'm going to outwardly say (laughs) war ape. (laughs) Point to the page.
0: Everyone in the coffee shop is like, what the fuck is this guy talking?
1: (laughs) Keeps pointing and saying saying war War ape. ape. They take me away. (laughs) And he continues and he says, in regard to your question about Hellboy's teen years, he grew faster than a human child, which makes total sense. He's a half demon. There are stories that take place in the late 40s in which he's portrayed as a kid, but older than his actual age would indicate. And the current Hellboy in the BPRD series started in the year 1952 with Hellboy as an adult and a new agent of the BPRD. This was only eight years after he appeared on Earth. That's crazy. So I guess his teen years were more accurately his adolescent years would be around 1949 to 1951. I would definitely be interested in, to see some stories from this time period because yeah. we've never seen Hellboy in that age. We've only seen him as a kid and as an adult. I think it would be fun to see him as an awkward, lanky teenager.
0: Yeah, like going to prom.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's definitely not having a prom because he lives on an Air Force (laughs) Base. Unless they do. But like, I wonder. Broom like holds a prom for him. There's definitely a part of me that 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 stage in our lives is so significant to a lot of us because it's a lot of figuring out who you are.
0: Yeah, And, and I'm not saying you don't still, still figure out
1: who you are, because I mean, I was definitely a late, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying for me, yeah. I was behind the curb. I didn't really discover who I was because I had to move away from like my, my hometown. And then after like five, six years in LA, I finally figured out really like I could live my own skin Yeah, a little bit more. I uh, understand that. But a lot of people, it's those teen years that they really go through a lot. They experiment a lot. In yeah. different areas of life, that to find out who they are, right? So it would be it would be f- highly fascinating to see him in those, even if it's a short period of time like that, yeah. from forty nine to fifty one.
0: I would, lo- yeah, I would love to see that. I don't know if it, I don't know if we do get that or not. Just not having read. I think going
1: off of this and knowing our readers are a little more versed than us. Oh yeah, he's saying he
0: hasn't seen any yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and I mean, I don't know if they have any stories that would work. I mean, if clearly, as we, we've we already mentioned before, Mignolo was already a little resistant to doing even him as a child before right. that became a hit. But now it's like, I'm just very curious what it would be or what kind of stories would you tell? Because what would his adolescence be on an Air Force base?
0: I mean, like, how does Hellboy learn about out. fucking
1: sex? Because we now know. Via Lost Army That old he playboys. has had sex Yeah Is it like old playboys? Soldiers playboys But that's funny To see Hellboy Find an old <laughs> yeah. playboy Finding And be like titillated a, by it Like and a, a water warped
0: <laughs> b- Cardboard box Full of like <laughs> yeah. In the woods
1: It's very like Have you seen Apocalypse Now Where they like yeah. They like That yeah. <laughs> he's like dealing with men like that that yeah. are like obsessed with playboy playmates. that's what it would
0: be it would be like you know or he would be like folding the land lakes carton or whatever have you heard about that uh,
1: what's the land of lakes carton land O'Lakes. lakes
0: like the woman has like her she's like kneeling so like her ex- knees are exposed and like dude's like i guess i don't know i guess like, i've heard about like teen boys doing this where they'll like fold it like a the back inside cover of a mad magazine how you can like fold it and it yeah. makes a new image they'll like fold it so that it looks like her titties like ah, they'll fold it up it's
1: w- we'll very google it funny.
0: yeah very funny extremely horny if you're like 13 and yeah.
1: don't have the internet i guess i totally and we, we all had our different things my house so one time somebody said <laughs> uh what's the lingerie company from hollywood something jefferson something dollywood Oh, my gosh. What? Just like, not like Victoria's Secret or something. It was like Victoria's Secret, but a little more, uh, like... Edgier? Yes, and it's something it has Hollywood in the name of the company. I don't know. I'm really mad. I can't think of it right now. Look at I guess up. You, you weren't you reading it, it Dave. Dave. I wasn't reading I was just looking at pictures of <laughs> women in like she didn't give brazier, a shit about the that had open nipple <laughs> and they'd cover them with stars. <laughs> Holy
0: shit, that's like, oh, okay. They'd I cover was like that's wild cuz for... it was
1: it was they'd cover them in stars, but it was pre- still pretty. Surely of Hollywood? No. Uh, I'm so Hustler mad. Hustler Hollywood? No. It's something of Hollywood like lingerie like Jefferson's of Hollywood that's the wrong thing
0: but it came to your house as like a yeah, child yeah it came
1: up once and I got hold of it and like it felt like the what most joy because I never had like pornography other than computer in the house yeah Um
0: plus like it was that was like the family thing. computer at yeah the time. oh I
1: got caught all the time
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so funny
1: <laughs> all the time what's going on in here Day, oh, uh, we're used to this. Or my father would be like, "So you deleted the history again." Yeah. that's so
0: funny. <laughs> what detective work. I'd be like, "At least like let me get away with that."
1: Uh, Fredericks of Hollywood. Look at that. Fredericks, Frederick's like of Hollywood. Fredericks of Hollywood. Oh my I can't God, believe I'm so doing funny. a fucking tangent. <laughs> like something like <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood. It's like oh it's God. like lingerie.
0: Yeah, that's definitely it. That's definitely it. <laughs> it was one
1: small catalog. This is pretty horny. <laughs> it's very horny. These Not are from quite Utah. Horny. You barely get to see. Dude, sleep. Utah. This is like <laughs> that's X-rated y. Utah. Yeah. but yeah, that's it. <laughs> they're cute. <laughs> they look cute. Um, yeah, but they're that's s- so funny. Yeah, that'd uh, be funny to see. Anyway, what that's
0: Hellwood, what Hellboy's get. Yeah, issue of that sent over.
1: <laughs> yeah, can we get? Probably Mr. Mignola. Mr. Mignola, could you write a story about Hellboy discovering a you Playboy? you write Hellteen? <laughs> yeah, Hellteen. I love the name Hellteen. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, that's great. Uh, great. And then uh, he says, on a final note, I just want to say that I pretty much completely agree with everything you guys have said about the movie trailer and marketing. Cool. I'm very excited to see the movie, but it, uh, <laughs> it seems like the marketing department just doesn't know what they're doing. All the taglines yeah. have made me cringe, yeah. and the tone of the trailer makes it look like pretty much the same as the Del Toro movies. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, are not really fair. differentiating it from what they're going for. Yeah, he's right about that. I'm holding out hope that the movie itself will be really good, and based on some of the images in the trailer, it definitely has the potential to be awesome. Yeah, there yeah. are there's imagery in there and designs. I think that's I think that
0: Moni Moni conveys. A more actiony movie, which is what the previous movie was. Like, I think that maybe the studio is thinking that, where it's like, that was a pretty successful movie for us. Let's, uh, you know, just copy that.
1: Yeah, I think or you're right. Or something. Like, and maybe maybe less of that, but just more of like, uh, it can come from a place. I say fear, but I mean, I mean fear in just the sense of we need to make money. Yeah. They're just wanting to make something that pops, and they might have just went the wrong direction. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was a choice they thought was gonna be I just hope that they super like, successful and fun, and it yeah. got the the reaction they. I don't think they expected.
0: No, I just wish they would like embrace because it looks like a very different movie, and I wish that the marketing would convey that that it's that how different it is. I mean, like
1: it is or single photos. Or like, we're all like, is in fine. store for a Moni Moni movie, and we're all gonna be upset. Who knows, man? But
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like a rollerblading like scene or some shit. That's what I imagine when I hear that. Song.
1: I know that I know it's going to be terrible but I will laugh so hard if there's a rollerblading scene in Hellboy.
0: No way, dude. You're going to be we're both going to be crying. We'll be inconsolable.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Why did we put give so much time to
0: this? <laughs> to this, to this, to comics.
1: Yeah. Oh, the comics, they're yeah. brilliant. They If that movie is a success or a failure, it will not change anything I yeah. think of the comics. Exactly. That's the take, the biggest takeaway. For sure. And he says, "But regardless, like you said, the comics will always exist and they'll always be the best version of Hellboy."
0: Right. It's so like it's he's just, here in the room with us. <laughs> he's he like really responding is, with his email yeah. to what we're
1: doing. <laughs> And then he just <laughs> he closes out with "till next time." So another great email. No,
0: I love you. I tell you, I love you every week.
1: <laughs> Sorry, nobody said i them love feel you awkward. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to scare these boys. Oh, uh, are <laughs> men, uh, these men, these uh, scared men. <laughs> but great, thank you, Drew, for that yeah. um, wonderful email. It is a great. We love to hear from all of you, um, listening. So please email us at aw crap a ah, hellboy podcast at gmail.com we love hearing about um, your thoughts on what we are discussing on the podcast your thoughts on the upcoming movie any of the anything we discuss uh, we love to hear from you uh, but then let's move off of the oh boy email segment into our fifth ever <laughs> right hand, hashtag right hand of draw <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I always want to just call it right handed drawn, then I'd throw in the hashtag and I sound like a fool. But that's no, what you're, you're
0: good. I think that's fine.
1: So, do you have a prompt? That's how we know. That's, that's how we true. see them. Yeah, it's how we see it, and that's how that's we do it. just need what the world is now, dude. We just got to use them. The last two prompts we haven't gotten from yet. That's
0: because I'm but being lazy be. and I haven't done them yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying they I probably, feel
1: like- I feel okay that our listeners haven't done those because they're probably protesting the fact that neither of We're us have done <laughs> doing any of our prompts. I've been
0: doodling them and I I, I've, you know this is my problem with like art in general I'm with at least like with illustration and drawing I become very critical of, you know that whole thing of like I'm such a perfectionist that I never do shit and I just got to be cool with like putting whatever out because like everything that we've gotten so far has been great and like it's been brilliant I owe it to you guys I feel so uh, yeah. So for this one, I'm going to be, uh, and I do have some time coming up, so I do want to finish it. You know what? Fuck it. I will. I will finish it. Great. No passive language here. Okay. And then, so for the fifth one, I was thinking um, BPRD Break Room. Ooh. So, like, whatever that means, like, whether you imagine, like, they have, like, a fucking, one of those little mini Super Nintendo set up, or they just, like, their water cooler, or, you know...
1: What a cool place! Whatever kind of attendant. freaky shit is in their, Keur- their fridge?
0: Keurig? Yeah, their Keurig. <laughs> I feel like Abe Sapien would never drink a Keurig. Oh,
1: coffee he's cup. above it. Yeah, I think he would
0: like. He only his own do French pour press. over. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so like something like that. Like if it's anything that like makes you think of that, or like I love that, and it could be anybody, anybody in the break room for sure. It. They're it sharing space with like
1: anybody. all the other. Agent.
0: It could be just other agents too. Like Tom
1: Manning's in there. It could be Tom Manning sanding, doing the same. Yeah, someone just a does. man in a suit
0: just like <laughs> reading the newspaper.
1: I'll take it. Yeah, Hashtag I love right that. hand of draw. <laughs> Hashtag right hand of draw. You heard it fifth. It prompt.
0: sounds dry, but I think it's a. I you think, think have it's a lot full of, of potential. I think it's full of potential. Yeah. yeah,
1: people getting can get creative in any way with a break room. It's, it's a wonderful. break room where you
0: work with monsters and stuff. So it could yeah. be any any cool thing.
1: Totally, I love it. Imagine that's Men in Black. <laughs> don't get me started. That's one of the things I don't love about the movie. <laughs> the stupid uh, worms.
0: <laughs> the stupid brain Oh worms god! I would cigarettes. laugh
1: if somebody did an illustration. that had all the Hellboy characters plus just randomly. Who those says dumb they don't worms. exist in this universe? <laughs> true, true. I mean, if aliens exist in Hellboy, those there are fucking multiple things...
0: secret government organizations out to address this shit.
1: Yeah. There's so much out there. You got to <laughs> not one organization, one department yeah. of the government can't <laughs> handle it all. Again, you guys, please, when you post your pictures, we, uh, we hope you do that. Use the hashtag, um, right hand of draw, um, uh, tag us at aw crap, a Hellboy podcast. We just can't wait. Can't wait for you to send yeah, those man. in. Um, I've got really like flustered just now because I got really excited because I didn't know <laughs> where else to put this piece of art. Um, I that this is perfect. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there is an artist named Daniela Littner, and that's spelled L-E-I-T-N-E-R. Um, this came through on my my email uh, for my uh, alerts to to Hellboy, and she's just an artist and she did this project um, it's a free project i think she just did it just out of her love for the character hellboy it says um, hellboy tribute design to hellboy working with geometrical shapes combined with my experiences in woodwork you can find what we're looking at right now on daniellalettner.com and it's the it's brilliant
0: it's awesome i love the texture of his like skin and everything like it's really really cool
1: yeah like i think i might post this as soon as we're done recording. Cool. Uh, just because I want on our Instagram, just so I just can show some love towards this piece. These
0: th- photos are great, too. Yeah.
1: Whoever did her photos, I'm assuming it's her maybe, but it really captures her stuff. Yeah. It's so pretty. Go check this out if you haven't seen it on our Instagram as of yet. And it's very cool because it's, like, it's just like a bust and then yeah. the right hand of doom and then a gun sort of like broken apart
0: like the chamber of a gun and like a couple bullets and yeah like a coin <laughs>
1: and he has a little like his classic cigar coming out of his mouth it almost looks like i'm gonna go on the edge and say it looks like she captured the idea of like if you handed hellboy over to pixar and they decided to make a pixar version of hellboy yeah it's like
0: this cool stylized like in her style kind yeah of for hellboy. sure it's very cool yeah
1: i mean it doesn't look like it's for sale. his
0: eyes glow too
1: yeah, I, I bet it would that's...
0: be a shitload of money if it. I mean, like an original, piece uh, original
1: of art. piece of art. Yeah. yeah, and it'd be worth it if you bought it from her. I'd hope she'd get a couple grand for this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. If you're listening, Daniela Littner you did a wonderful job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love this piece. We're gonna share it with the rest of the world because it needs to be seen. Yeah, man. So check that out, everybody. Again, that's Daniela Littner Very cool stuff. And then she has a, her whole site shows more of her great work. Very cool stuff. That's our segment of hashtag right hand to draw. can't wait to see all of your work. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we get back, we're going to jump right into BPRD's hollow earth.
2: Yeah. Hey, I'm Steph Garcia, host of that's my story period, a compilation of hilarious stories from people who happen to get a period. We've had stories about losing teeth, tampons on basketball courts, and even a little taste of Hollywood. I also interview some guests to give you and me even more menstruation knowledge. So check out That's My Story Period on Campfire Media and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and you can have that time of the month all month long.
1: Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And
0: me, Kate Thompson.
1: Yes. (sighs) We're back, and we're jumping right into the first BPRD story, Hollow Earth.
0: Yeah. It was written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden and Tom Snigoski. and- Uh, illustrated by Ryan Souk, who did the pencils and inks, and Curtis Arnold also worked on the inks, uh, colored by the main man, Dave Stewart, and lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. It was originally published BPRD Hollow Earth number 1 through 3, which Dave pointed out came out between January to July of 2002, so, like, kind of bigger gaps between... Each issue, I would yeah, assume. And yeah, and I think
1: a little bit of that must play in, again, having not read them when they were being released originally and not mm-hmm. until the collections. Based off of like Scott, Scott Alley's introduction on the collection, um, which is, I'm reading off of the published Omnibus, the first volume, yeah, uh, BPRD Plague of Frogs Volume 1. He sort of talks that like when the Hollow Earth was released, they sort of are still figuring out what they want to do with BPRD. PPRD. they knew they wanted to do like a team book yeah but it's not really they haven't really solidified how they're going to go about it
0: yeah he says like they had no template so they were just kind of
1: winging it <laughs> yeah and, and and I don't think it actually I don't think it shows in the actual work or the story Mm-mm. but in the way it, you can tell maybe by the way it was published also these issues um are normal are rather than like the traditional maybe uh, I I don't know the exact page counts that we've had in, in Hellboy, but a lot of times uh, you're probably averaging a little over just barely over twenty pages on a mm-hmm. lot of comic book issues. These tend to be like in the thirties; they're a little yeah. longer each issue, as well as like what follows. And we'll get to, of course, in the future. You don't immediately go into like Hollow Earth and then the next like big storyline, like how we have done with Hellboy, When like uh, meaning like their little pillar ones. Yeah, like from Meaning, like we don't go from seed of destruction to wake of the devil into conqueror or worm with BPRD. They end up going from like Hollow Earth, which is like a three issue story arc, to like little one off stories for a bit. And I think it's them just figuring it out. Yeah, which that's is cool. cool. Which isn't. I mean, now that I just said it out loud, is not that different from what they were doing with Hellboy yeah, in like between all the big his pillars shorts
0: and stuff. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. So it's like weird. They might have been trying to figure it out, but it probably, if you were a regular reader, just felt maybe in tune with how you expected to read in the world of Mignola verse and Hellboy's universe. Yeah. So cool. That's all.
0: <laughs> it felt very much like that. Like the, um, like I think Ryan Suk really kind of captures Mignola's. Like it's, it's, it's like that kind of thing where it's like almost uncanny, where it's like, oh, I can, it like. It sort of looks like it, but not quite. Like he's, he get he like captures the style pretty well, particularly with like, especially in this opening scene with the mountains and like the fog around the mountains and everything. Um, looks very Mignola-y. Totally. Uh, Yeah, like very subtle differences, but I think he really like tries to make that like uniform that look of the characters and everything. I would agree. Uh I mean, I
1: think that they chose their. The people they chose going forward, they're specifically doing that. Yeah. Somebody that's like you're not copying Mignola, but you're you're almost a cousin to. It, it reminds art-wise. me
0: of like animators who have to like stay on a book, like characters are designed, and then they have to like stick to that. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. Like that's what it kind of makes me think of. Nice. But yeah. So like I said, we're opening up on these mountains. The uh, Ural Mountains above the Arctic Circle, so that's like super north in Russia. Uh, I read. <laughs> cool. Um, and we see this like cool kind of like like temple that's deep deep in the mountains. Yeah, it's hidden away. Um, we see that Liz is the one. Like eventually, we see on this page that it's Liz trekking up there, trying to find somebody who can help her. Um, basically control her powers and she speaks to a monk on the stairs here who tells her, you know, you're kind of come, going about this all wrong, like, you have to work with your powers sort of a thing, it's rather than try to, like, control it, I'm so glad you're here, this is great um, and as the, as he, like, welcomes her in and the doors close it says, two years ago
1: Yeah, very peaceful start for Liz, at least from a yeah. viewer's point of view. it's
0: like, that's very promising I mean, she had to go really far Um, but she found these like monks who hopefully can help her get some control or not control, but like learning to harness her power and embrace it rather than control it and suppress it. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. We find out that that was two years ago. So she's been gone from the BPRD for the entirety of that time. And then we cut back to the BPRD offices. This is like the first time I feel like we've really seen a lot of the like desk agents like yeah. we know of them and we'll kind of see them randomly, but there's like a whole floor of them reminiscent to me of like a police precinct or like uh almost like a newsroom or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean it it's a very traditional office. Yeah. Which is what I love. It's something that it stands out and to me above a lot of things like Mignola's universe. It's like it's not exaggerated. It's not like a high tech. I like that it's not like X-Men or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, this is a bureau that There's you not would like, expect.
0: It like gives a nice foil to the like Kirby-esque kind of like space shit. Like, that, like as opposed to like being in the Fantastic Four's uh, like laboratory and it's mm-hmm. like these insane machines and stuff like that big pistons everywhere,
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah. This is just like computers and files, like yeah. paperwork. A couple of maps and bil- a and like yeah. couple like car- uh, court boards around. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's it. Um, and then, yeah, we see Kate Corrigan just talking to a desk agent. Um, and somebody comes into her that the new guy's here and who is it? But Johann. Ooh, Johan. Oh,
1: Johan Kraus. We've only seen a picture of him at this point. It's pretty point. cool. He's
0: like chilling in the waiting area here, like just reading. Um, He's, like, he's, like, pretty formal and, like, wants to do a good job. <laughs> you could, like, see that in his, like, you know, he's not, like, familiar with everybody yet. So he's being very professional. Um, And Kate kind of is just giving him the tour, like, walking around. He's, she's like, there's so many great things. Like, there's a pool here, which I don't know how much help, you know, I don't know how much you're getting out of a pool if you're, you know, non-corporeal. Yeah, like, you're yeah, just, yeah. like, gas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he can make his gas swim. I don't. Yeah, know. maybe
0: he can be a bubble.
1: Yeah, and I mean, then, he can enjoy the bubbles.
0: Yeah. So she's just showing him around. He's like, oh, this is all great. Uh, do I meet Hellboy soon? Or <laughs>
1: I love it. It's like yeah. Hellboy's sort of a celebrity.
0: Yeah, like, everybody's heard about him, and he's, like, I, I think in this story throughout, they kind of emphasize what a big draw Hellboy is in this, like, um, this like kind of community of people who are aware of this like other plane of existence. It's like oh Hellboy is a big deal. Like not only do all these demons know him but like all of the mediums know of him and just other fantastical creatures know about him and stuff so. Yeah.
1: um, There's a little bit of sadness here too when yeah, she has to advise him that he quit and then we get a cool flashback sequence to the last moments in Conquer a Worm which are almost uh, a full-on recreation yeah which i love because it's not exact but it's reminiscent you know what i mean we're seeing the scene we've already yeah, it's seen like before quick kind of like and seeing it in a different new art a different lighting is uh, i love it
0: yeah you see like yeah it's like her memory of it as yeah. opposed to exactly what happened which i thought was cool like the color is like this kind of like green tone over it like a little like melancholy looking and
1: he looks so brooding Done by Ryan Suk here.
0: Yeah, he really does. He looks very. He captured his like sadness, kind of. Yeah. And how tired he is with, with the bureau at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's that whole thing of him walking off into the distance, um, and then her just summing that all up as he's taking a leave of absence. <laughs> yeah. So sh- they remind the reader, oh, he's on. He's going to Africa. He's fed up with the bureau. They've like. Kind of betrayed his trust here and he wants to take a break from that.
1: And without knowing it, it's also setting up reader if you are a new, like, either if you're a Hellboy fan and you're picking up BPRD, or if you're a new reader and this is the first thing, it's almost informing you that Hellboy's not in this book. It's letting it's reiterating that this isn't Hellboy. I know. I know you bought this. He exists in this world, but this is for other characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It does that super effectively. Very well. Um, And then uh, Manning comes out. He wants to talk to everybody, or uh, he wants to talk to Kate anyway. Um, And yeah, Kate like says like, go ahead, go check out the library. And we just see kind of a meek looking Johan like, (laughs) yeah, he's like just holding his hat. I love him. (laughs) Kind of doesn't know, he's not like familiar with the place yet. So he's like, it's so funny to be able to convey that with body language, you have a man with zero facial expressions. Yes. And I think that they pretty successfully conveyed that he's like kind of timid and getting used to the place um, just through his dialogue and his like, yeah, his like hands and everything. It's really cool. I agree, cool. yeah. Um, yeah, so Kate and Tom kind of have this exchange where they, uh, again, like sort of lay it all out for the reader and, and just so like the bureau is kind of aware like you see that other members of the bureau are, uh, at least Kate is aware of. Hellboy's reasons for leaving, and like that Manning and the higher ups kind of fucked up, and now they're like worried that they're gonna lose Abe, and yeah, Roger. they're gonna lose all
1: their top agents. Yeah,
0: and they're big like, you know, they're big flashy monstery agents who like get them funding basically. Yeah, like Manning's basically saying, you know. Like, Kate says that for him. It's, like, something that he, like, hints at. But she's, like, you know, you know, I know their status symbols. Having them on the payroll makes us look great. Yeah, so it's, like, there's, it's not all just because, like, Manning is, like, oh, I, I have care a good, about yeah. Howlboy. It's, like, we can't, as, a, as, as an organization, lose him or at least lose, like, Abe and everybody, so work on that. (laughs) She's like, Like okay.
1: Yeah, but she's like, don't treat them like pets then. Yeah. They're people. Right. Like, if you want them to stay, you gotta treat them a certain way.
0: Yeah. And it's, like, evident that he doesn't think of, he thinks of them more as bargaining chips in that way, I think. Um, Or just, like, useful. Like, they're, you know, they have their utility, and he doesn't really think of them as people.
1: Yeah, they do a great job of balancing Tom Manning for us, because I think you could easily write Tom Manning as just a corporate guy, which... Again, hinting at my things I don't like about the movie, which they t- like Guillermo sort of does, makes him more very corporation face. Yeah. Whereas I think in this, I would argue that they really give a great balance to Tom Manning because there's you know he fucked up and there's a cold part of him, but then there's a part of like him acknowledging his fuck up, yeah, and his need. And I'm not saying he's like perfect, but that's what I like about Tom Manning is that they don't they don't go they don't set him up to be perfect, like he's the perfect boss and he cares about his employees. Yeah,
0: he does even he's say, complex. like it's more about them than be, it's it's like more about them being comfortable than being on the team, but it's definitely both. So yeah, that definitely adds to it where there's like layers. He's not like complete, yeah, he's not complete, a complete bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Cool,
1: cool, and cool. And he looks
0: very sad. Yeah,
1: he looks. He's probably tired, but probably has a lot of people breathing down his throat. Yeah, dude, or ba- his back about. It's like, what all are we gonna this? have a
0: bake sale to make this money? <laughs> um, then bakes from another
1: <laughs> pastries from another dimension. But um, going on, I'm just hungry,
0: so that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, then we go back to the temple in the mountains, and we see Kate, um, uh, kind of morphing her like fire. We see a couple of like cool panels where she's like holding her hands in different positions and manipulating the fire in front of her and then extinguishing it. Yeah. So it's like, cool. Oh, She's like learned to do that. She's like harnessing it in a great way.
1: Yeah. She's like has, it's part of her now. Yeah. Versus something she's been fighting her whole life.
0: Yeah. And you see like in her pupil too, like that really like sums that, what you just said up, I think. Seeing it inside of her. Yeah. It's very cool. And then we see like, There's like a rumbling It like makes everything in the room jingle and she as she walks down the hallway to inspect she sees this huge crack in the hall then it cuts to the monks reading from a scroll talking about basically like
1: you we start to hear the language we've heard before words that we recognize yeah like there's a lot of mystery I think in this priest right or this monk Uh, because it's not like, they're not like reading stuff that lays it out like we know it's coming. It's very mysterious language. And I think it's built that way because we're walking into mystery, right? That's part of the story that keeps us driving. Yeah. But you start to see language that we've heard. Like he says, the slime, the the re- the slime, the rebel s- serpent, a grun jihad, yeah. which spawned 369 abominations in the sea. So you're just starting to be like, somewhere that's completely... V- you think separate from Hellboy's story is still these little clues that it's all intertwined a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like reading these prophecies, they kind of like, yeah, they go across different faiths and stuff like, like so many, like everything is aware of Hellboy pretty much. Um, yeah.
1: And there's something crazy right here that like, uh, it doesn't really, I don't, uh, 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 it's a very cool moment where she's like there. There's a kind of a tremor, and the monk just immediately tells Liz like, "Calm yourself. It's nothing to concern you." But she's like, "But it feels like like a doesn't feel like a normal geological. She's sensing that's more than just like an earthquake or something normal that you'd feel." And he's all "There are other sciences than geology, child. the The matter will be dealt with. Yeah, like so they're, they're like, like going to deal this with is it.
0: Probably a uh, all this is is probably just a race of people who are <laughs> being a stunted tribe with the king of fear leading them. So, like.
1: Don't worry about it. We'll don't, deal with don't it. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's very fascinating. They're, like, sort of, like, not, I wouldn't say cold to her, but very, like, you came here for your purpose. This has nothing. Like this. I think, too, that they're just, like, passive.
0: It's, like, a thing of, like, yeah, it's, like, a thing of, like embracing just what is yeah it's like the sense i get from them
2: that's a good way to put
1: it
0: they're not like sentimental but they're not like cold they're just like
1: they're not reacting to their emotions
0: yeah just taking it as it comes yeah it's cool though very good and then cut back to the bprd uh like i guess like living quarters um Kate comes in and like is like, I'm returning a book and Abe's like, listen, I you never come here to return a book, okay? Like, what's this what's up? What's going on?
1: we you're clearly here to talk to me about the fact that I'm thinking about Leberio.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, so they like have that discussion. She kind of tells him and us a little bit about um uh Johan and we see sort of the same like in the that teaser that not every reader might have seen because it was, like, published in what, like... It was published in, like, Dark Horses.
1: Yeah, they were very smart to put it back in here.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because it's very cool
1: imagery, too. Oh, yeah, it's very good.
0: Yeah, so that kind of informs the readers a little bit about, like, about Johan in case they missed it. Also, we get a little new information that the BPRD made him this uh, suit that he's living in, a containment suit that keeps him from, like evaporating or whatever she tells him he's not dead he just doesn't have a body anymore it's, which is like so eerie
1: yeah so eerie over the images of his suit being created yeah and him just
0: like looking examining his hand and everything I thought was like pretty moving yeah and him like it's a pretty it's pretty sad it's very sad existence yeah.
1: I mean she says it earlier too she's like "Johan, nice guy actually sad son of a bitch yeah and I think that image of him in a a containment like cylinder. watching his new artificial body be put together is that like says it all yeah (laughs) like how like wow that's my existence going forward bummer is to be have a body made of plastic
0: i never get to drink root beer anymore i imagine that's what he likes (laughs) i'm still hungry dude um (laughs) yeah so like she's kind of talking about that but then very abruptly is like don't leave abe like she you know she wants to get to the point and you see him kind of look at, you know, it's like, it's like how in the n- novel, how you hear Manning's like inner monologue of like, I don't know if Abe's smiling or joking, but it's hard to tell because his expression never changes. But he definitely looks like even more stern and pensive than he usually does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just letting her know, like. Hellboy's gone. Liz is gone. It feels, doesn't feel like home around here anymore. You know, they put a bomb inside Roger. Like, what the hell are you telling me to stay for? You know, and she's kind of defending their actions a little bit. They're sort of at like, not really like butting heads about it, but they're, she's just imploring him to stay. And he's like, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. She's like, just think about it. And then the next page, he's packing his shit.
1: Yeah, like he's ready to walk out. Yeah,
0: he's like, oh, I thought about it. I'm fucking out of here.
1: On the side thought of this, but like, where does Abe go?
0: I don't know. Like where? I mean, would it's he a different
1: a- world, of course, than ours. That I do believe Abe can exist in outside of the Bureau. It, from what we've read at this point, I don't think he, they live in a world where he has to be secret. But I'm like, he's got to live somewhere. I, I wonder where he's gonna move to. Who's some remote place? Probably an island, or not uh, even like an island, like a peninsula city yeah, I feel like, like he's gonna like live that. near the water. I mean,
0: he clearly can like live in a dry apartment and he just has like they <laughs> yeah. they show you his like tub bed in the background, like as long as he has tub a tub, bed. he's probably all right. yeah. I just watched this documentary about Andre the Giant, yeah. and he got he had a house in like North Carolina or something where he could just like kind of be alone and nobody like that it was like a little town where everybody knew him. so nobody was like, Look at that big freak.
1: <laughs> so probably
0: some town like that where Abe could just go chill.
1: Yeah, people are like, that's just Abe.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's just Abe. He's, he's a fish our fish man. man. <laughs> um, he's about to do that when all of a sudden, like, a little, little like, bit of smoke comes out of his book and lights on fire and just see, like...
1: Words come from the flames. Yeah, Abe, Liz is just
0: like like a ghost appears to Abe. Um, engulfing his room in flame immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, she's kind of talking in riddles a little bit. It's dark down here. It's so cold. You have to come get me.
1: Her face is full of fear.
0: Yeah, she's, like, terrified. Um, sprinklers come on. B P R D F D comes running into the room, uh, like, making sure he's okay, just a little wet. Um, Kate comes in, and she kind of uh, sees everything that's happened and they kind of both agree, like, yeah, we got to go find Liz, basically. That's sort of the rundown of it.
1: Yeah, and they hit, like, a little bit of a tiff right here because it's like, they, like, Kate's like, we kept tabs on Liz's whereabouts ever since she left. And he's like, yeah. and nobody ever thought to mention the rest of us. And it's just like, well, Liz made her feelings clear. She wanted to be left alone. The Bureau's just keeping tabs on her the the way they would anyone with that kind of power, so it's like they really are teetering on that point of view. It's I mean we've seen this in other comic books and but it's cool to see it sort of in their with the bureau and in a world that's not like a little grounded more in our world. It's almost feels a little more close to parallel. Yeah, because they're not like science. They're not like high tech. Like we said, it's not the Fantastic Four's apartment. Yeah, they use normal computers. They all look like. yeah pcs before pcs got smaller (laughs) right uh but it's very interesting that they're just like well we have to we like that's the job of the bureau is to watch after monsters yeah we have to keep track of people even if they are working for us and they have that much power it's very fascinating i just it's just good world building stuff i i think
0: yeah and i think like Abe makes a good point too where he's like he kind of sees the hypocrisy in that where it's like you didn't tell me like that sucks like my friend is too dangerous basically for me to do yeah. that with yeah so they kind of are like you know what like we're both right we gotta go find her like uh, you know they kind of
1: <laughs> yeah um, I mean, it's are... like time
0: is of the essence so they gotta just go
1: and I love how they end on the note before they're in the helicopter though he's like fine by me but you don't think you're gonna f- change don't think you're gonna change my mind wouldn't dream of it <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Like they're really see now, like, yeah, they're not, they're not the best, they're of not pals as right jovial
0: now. as like her and Hellboy, yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, so kind of cuts to them flying on a helicopter up, like looking over the case file. Yeah. Um,
1: Roger's there, though,
0: yeah. Uh, Roger's in there. It's they're a funny crew because they have like these stern, like, deadpan looks, no matter what. So, like,
1: well, you have to think too, like, the last big Uh, Aside from Conqueror Worm, which was Roger and Hellboy on a mission, the last one we've seen Avon in the in the major like story arcs, it was Wake the Devil, and shit went fucking wrong. Yeah, so many people were killed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I could see why he wouldn't want to. And then the next
1: mission, they put a bomb in Roger. (laughs) All the shit's fucked. I know that's what we've already talked about. There, that's his big thing, reason for leaving. But it's like. It's just, it's neat to see it shown on just their, in the art, their faces. I think that stoicness comes from all where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, they're like, are you kidding me with this shit? (laughs) Like, she gives them the rundown of, like, who these monks are, and they think they're direct descendants of the first humans, which was referenced in Conqueror Worm. Um, They talk about, like... An existence of before like homo sapien there mm-hmm. were like h- humans in some form before that like so that's what it makes me think of immediately um they're kind of calling back to that uh they land and they're going to check out the temple and it's just fucking monk bodies everywhere like murder it's a mess
1: it's a um, monk. yeah it's um, a all a of monk the lights massacre. are extinguished
0: yeah <laughs> Um
1: by the way cool band name
0: pretty badass <laughs> Um yeah so they're like looking around they're like everybody's dead okay Johan you got any input on this like you're a medium and
1: this is a cool thing that we now for the first time see he can do Yeah He can come out of his suit into his uh, ethereal p- like plane form Yeah and go into these bodies to get collect information off of them
0: Yeah it's crazy he's like he can like read them Amazing. Um yeah <laughs> And, like, he can sense, like, that there's something here. Yeah. They go find Liz. He says, not exactly life, but there's something. They find Liz's, like, passed out body. Um, She's alive, but she's, like, not
1: doing great. No pulse? Yeah. Which is crazy. And, she, and she's not breathing, but she's still warm. Yeah. Ooh.
0: She's, like, empty. She's devoid of her, like, spirit or soul or, or whatever.
2: Yeah. Um, and
1: and, and Johan puts it in such, like, funny language. Like, just, you, I love the language of, like... He's new too. He doesn't have a relationship with Liz, so he's just like she's simply gone. Her shell is empty. <laughs> yeah. I'll just uh, it's just great.
0: It's like creepy too though. It's like, <laughs> "Oh god." And this is
1: this inter this exchange is so funny. Uh the one panel with Kate and Roger after yeah. he says that, after Johan says that about Liz. She's like, "Oh crap, not again." And then, "Oh, sorry." And then Roger's like, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I oh, know yeah. I did this to I her. I remember once. when I
0: sucked her life force out of her body.
1: <laughs> good good little levity right there at the of the issue.
0: And then Abe's, you know, they're all just kind of working together like figuring out the scene. They're like being uh little detectives, detectives here. They find a little uh little gremlin y looking guy which is like right in the Mignola verse. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I love it. A little like Ape-like creature.
1: And that's it. That's the yeah. end of issue one. Yeah. Right there is the discovery of the little uh, the underground creature um, from the society. So right at the we end, this would have been the end of issue one, mm-hmm. not until months later you'd get the next issue. You're, you're, you're it's a great cliffhanger, though. Maybe it was this guy, and it's just like, boom. Yeah. And there's like these old ancient weapons around him, and he's dead, and you're like, Okay.
0: Who the hell are these guys? What? <laughs>
1: and then we immediately go into issue two.
0: Yeah, so like another quick establishing shot of like the helicopters and the uh, the like BPRD agents are bringing in this like sort of body bag, like incubator looking kind of thing.
1: This is something I want to point out real quick. And then when I know people are, it's like just a weird thing that I'm like, oh, this is why I know these guys are like pros. Because... We, the establishing shot they use is not the same as what we did before. It's like, I just like people that know what the fuck they're doing to tell a story and don't, are not repetitive for us as yeah. readers because it's the outside of the temple, but it's not a wide shot like we've already seen. It's closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives it a different energy. It it, it trusts that we know the location. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like you're probably not picking up this random issue, like- It's unlikely that you haven't read the first issue. So they're like still reminding you, being like, oh, we're back here, but they don't, they're not like slamming you with information right up front. I love
1: it. Yeah. It just, to me, it's just pro moves. Yeah. Very. Can can continue.
0: Yeah. So they're like, they're putting Liz into this kind of like sleeping bag almost (laughs) with like a screen. Call it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're going to keep her body safe in there for now, zip her up. And then they're kind of still, like, inspecting, looking around. They find this huge, like, crevasse in the floor, that, this big, like, crack that's opened up.
1: But they're also saying, which is interesting right here, that a bunch of other holes they've noticed have been filled in. Yeah. And there's only one left open, which yeah. could have been why that, like, because that one creature is dead, didn't get to seal it up, is what I'm I'm implying, at least. Oh, yeah. As yeah. they're zipping Liz up and everything, because she's, as he's Abe has said, it's like, Johan is determined she's been hollowed out which yeah. is crazy.
0: And then we see another kind of power that Johan's capable of here where yes. he like sort of reanimates this body because like the spirit is still close to the body, he's like recently dead. So he like brings him not back to life exactly, but he's like reanimating him for a moment so that they can question this little guy. Um and of course he's like you know he's a little chatterbox. cryptic and like <laughs> yeah he like talks a lot um, we are the
1: creatures of this of the left hand not children but things not men the right hand the keepers of secrets they abandoned us in the earth they left us to the left hand and that hand is a cruel and evil master so when he came he led us to throw down that hand <laughs> now finally he has found the spark and he will make of it a burning torch to scorch this world <laughs> cryptic I love, that's like also, a little
0: frank ozzy kind yeah.
1: of <laughs> yeah i got a little i got a little yoda it's in there. very cool i like it
0: I think uh, it's perfect for this guy. He definitely sounds like that, uh, gravelly. <laughs> yeah, he's like a little dark, like uh, uh oh, fuck, what's that movie? Dark Crystal. Dark
1: Crystal. Yeah. Um. Uh, that's very funny because he's cryptic, but also he lays it out pretty well. Yeah, he's like because, that's
0: what's as far as I understand it. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. And then uh, a great, like, very dry exchange of like want would be humor, um, of like. Abe going, "Ah, I guess that explains everything. You understood that? No, I was being sarcastic. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, like, such, so funny. Like, Hellboy's not here to be cracking jokes, so Abe's taking a turn at it, and he's like,
1: either he's not
0: great at it or Roger's just not the best audience.
1: Yeah, it's probably a combination of the two. Yeah. And Roger and them are probably still developing their relationship.
0: Yeah, the Because they have
1: one similar to, because he helped Roger actually have an existence, and not be tortured, but it, so it's similar. But it, what's cool is we're, we're sort of getting—we're fresh into this relationship. Yeah. They aren't—I think when we were introduced to Abe and Hellboy, they'd already had an ingrown-in relationship. Yeah. And it's sort of cool because instead of going back and just doing flashbacks, which traditionally now we see a lot of, of like, we want to see prequels and stuff, yeah. this is allowing us to see, in a sense— we're seeing the beginnings of what you you could infer or Hellboy and Abe's beginning of their relationship, but through Abe and Roger.
0: Oh, yeah. It's sort I of in there that. a bit. Yeah, like any new um, employees like working together, you're kind of like figuring each other out. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, oh, that's uh, sarcasm. That's, that's your way that's of That's my song jokes. Song. <laughs> yeah, Those are my jokes. Then <laughs> kids yeah. like, that spark could be Liz, that, they're t- that this little gremlin is yeah, talking about. Yeah, kind of
0: saying what we're all thinking there. Where it's like, oh. A spark you say huh and then we see roger well abe like politely asking roger like hey i don't want to ask you to do this but could you absorb this little guy so that we could have a map <laughs> like <laughs> yeah basically they like need to know where they're going and he's like i really don't want to absorb this guy he's so creepy and and gross and he does for the sake of the team it kind of takes it out of him because he's like a little angry like left hand path evil guy yeah um
1: and I love it because then they figure out like they don't understand what Liz Sherman is, but they're they've taken her to him. Yeah, let this, this master.
0: Yeah, they know. They only know that like their master like wanted her, so she he's like it's that way and it's far. So they start heading out.
1: Oh, and this is the first time we hear his name, their leader's name, because oh. he saw him the little guy kept saying he because he, uh, and he's like yes the king of fear the They've king taken of fear her to him
0: which the monks were talking about yeah when they were reading over their scroll which is like uh oh, there's this little secret race uh, there's a lot more of these little scuttling guys around yeah and then we see like Kate and Abe kind of talking you see that Kate's like field operation sucks like I hate sending you guys out like mm-hmm. into danger and he's like that's kind of you know that's what we're here to do that's the job so you got to do it Somebody got to do it, so they're gonna take turns, kind of like lugging Liz's body in this big, big old backpack around. Which
1: is wild. Yeah, it's such a it's such a cool visual, and, and it, just like it feels like a classic adventure tale at this point of having to, get, to dip into the center of the earth. Like it literally yeah, feels cool. so very much reminiscent of those kind of stories. Yeah, these little mole men, <laughs> and having to just like we have to get her there. To save her life So we have to lug her along In this sleeping bag
0: Yeah (laughs) Kate's like As they're descending Into the hole She's like Don't do anything stupid Too late (laughs) Yeah Going down finding that humor Abe Yeah Yeah he's (laughs) He's getting the relief From like These little like Irreverent jokes It's funny It's just funny like To see how Hellboy Is like rubbed off on him Yeah Yeah, and then they kind of like Are commiserating like Oh I Johan's saying like How he wanted to meet Hellboy Is it tough and, uh, you know, not working with him or, like, you know, having him not here with you guys. He's, like, basically, like, yeah, like, they all miss him. Mm-hmm. He was, like, great and made the Bureau feel more homey and it sucks that he's gone. But here we are and we have to continue helping our other friends that are still here or, uh, you know, that need help.
1: Yeah, and it's really cool, this conversation, because very open about it. Yeah. And then sort of Abe's sort of not so much engaging in it for a moment because he's just like looking, he's like, "Oh, looks like your ghost compass is working, Roger. I say we're heading in the right direction." He's sort of like keeping his he- his head in the in the assignment. Yeah. But then Johan dr- directly addresses him and says, like, "What of you, Abraham? And I love he calls him Abraham instead of Abe. Yeah, he's says <laughs> formality is so funny. Man. Yeah. Has it been difficult with your friend departed? And then he's like, he doesn't really have the words immediately because he goes into thought more, right? Yeah. He's like difficult. I don't know. But it does feel like the end of something. He was the reason we all stayed. He was raised there. He was home to him. And as long as it was, he made it feel like home for us. So he's sort of finding it. But it really is taking us into his memory. Yeah. Which is a cool flashback. I love the It's such an interesting thing too for
0: them to try to do, to like embrace a change in their relationship like that, which you don't like it's cool that the book has been going on how it've been going on for so long that they could make a a big swing like that and make it be like about a relationship changing. Yeah. Um and like losing somebody that you care about like not to death but to something else. Like I I, I it's just cool that they're giving this story a shot and letting these other characters shine. It's really cool.
1: And it's cool it's it's very cool. And then there's so much rooted in Hellboy, of course, because even in this flashback
0: Yeah, like you were saying, the tone the color of it is very cool. cool.
1: This like the orange they're using on this that's overlaid on everything is so cool. Yeah. But it's like hell I mean, Abe is immediately off the bat saying the first memories of the Bureau are terrifying. He still has I still have nightmares. And this is Hellboy, reminiscent of Abe versus Science. Very coming in. The only difference is that Hellboy Which just shows the difference in their characters. Hellboy's like straight up walks into the lab and is just, "This isn't right." Versus Abe doing it more like, uh, more like a uh, incognito. Yeah, like in
0: his style. Yeah. (laughs) Like Hellboy has the like weight to throw around, like literally, and you know, just his like influence on the bureau is stronger, I think. And then he says, like, you know, you guys will just keep going until someone says that's enough. Well, guess what? Um, that's enough. And you see their hands embracing and he's like pulling Abe out of the water, out of the fucking test tube that they had him yes. in. Yes. Um, With
1: dead fish just fucking, they have just been feeding him fish.
0: Yeah, just floating around in there. Like it's not ideal conditions. It's probably gross in there. Yeah. Um, and
1: I love as he says in that flashback too, like how Abe is just says weird that a guy who looked like that would be the one thing that didn't frighten me. Yeah. That's, I, think we, I think we constantly hit on that, like how much it's like, oh, you are you look as if you're a demon, but you have the, most, the biggest humanity in this place. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: And then he's immediately like buddying with him. He's like, I'm going to get you a ham sandwich. Then you'll feel fine.
1: Yeah, fuck these fish that they keep feeding yeah. you. Let's get you something good. No
0: wonder you don't feel good. You're eating gross raw fish. <laughs> Abe's just thinking like, oh, what a great leader he was. And... Johan kind of says something that I think surprises Abe, Um, you know, and now that he's gone, you're the leader of the unit. Like, he says it very matter-of-factly. He's like, I am? Like, he never thought of himself in that way.
1: Yeah. But then they're
0: kind of like, yeah, you're doing this, this, and this. You're, You're leading us right now and helping
1: us. There's just so much that's rich in this. Yeah. Again, it's like, I love them choosing to have to, they, in Conqueror Worm, set up a lot of stuff that they're choosing to not ignore and I love that because I do think there are writers that would finish Conqueror Worm the bomb and everything it would be like that was all fun but let's just move on and do another story right yeah but they're having to address it all and I love that because right here even this in this interaction you were just saying he's like well it isn't me that's Johan but then Roger's response to him being a leader is it isn't me they were going to blow me up (laughs) Like yeah. just that nonchalantless but that's us watching the characters have to deal with this big event that yeah, took place in the previous story. Yeah. And I love that about this.
0: That's it's it's also like complaining about your boss with your other coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, he was gonna like blow me up. <laughs> I can't remember. He not let leader. me off on Saturday and also wanted to blow me up. Like no wonder, to- <laughs> no wonder I'll never. Do- we'll yeah, do you they, leave.
1: they don't trust me for this yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then while that's happening, we see like the first little like, like, rocks falling from these, uh, you know these little guys who are like hiding up in the shadows Ooh, watching them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like
1: a swarm of
0: them are surrounding Damn. them. Um, uh, oh crap! Live ones. <laughs>
1: As he swipes a hit at them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So they're just like smashing
1: them. And I love um, this is their first time also we see Johan in action and his as one's like biting his little plastic cat, he's like, mm. Oshlock, oh, stop biting my head. Stop biting
0: my head. <laughs> so cute. Um Abe and pulls out a gun and just aims it at them back off like
1: He's protective protecting of Liz. Protecting
0: Liz, yeah. So like Roger real quick. Uh I think like Rogers a great member of the team too not just in like his bronze but he ha- he like strategizes quickly he's like good on his quick on his feet Yeah Um they're primitive they're probably not too smart you know try to scare them away and and Johan creates this like cool image of a bigger spikier more like mutated version of these little guys to be yeah. like ah <laughs> Scares them all away they all you know scatter
1: and again another cool thing that we know about johan he can make his ethereal form into something else yeah
0: we're like really seeing every power that he's capable of it's pretty it's pretty cool it's like because i think at first you'd be like oh it's just a guy who's gaseous like what would he do but he has all this cool shit that he is like capable of like detective wise and like fighting wise he's Yeah. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. I love it. It's very cool. (laughs) Yeah, so they're like thinking, you know, shit, how many of these guys are there? Like, we have to keep going to save Liz, so let's check it out. They wander into this huge, like, cavernous room with tons of, like, junked machines.
1: Yeah, and they say it best by saying, like, I think, I believe from the, this is Roger. He's like, hey, look at this, because they go to Silhouette, and I think Roger's in the middle going off of this. Yeah. Or no, it's... It would be oh. Abe. Sorry. Yeah, I guess so, It's yeah. Abe. My apologies. Just off the silhouette. Oh, yeah, because uh, Roger's holding that
0: light. Yeah.
1: And he's like, imagine that. The junkyard at the center of the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's... They're like, wow, this is really fascinating, all this stuff. Could these have built? been built by these creatures? Like, they're like, where does all this stuff come from? It's yeah, like a mystery. Yeah, these little
0: doofy the ones. Moment. And then just by, like, Roger's kind of feeling it and I guess I would assume maybe like absorbing some energy surrounding it or something like that like having like a feeling and then he figures out you know no they were like slaves to maintain these structures but they didn't build them and then looking at the carvings on the wall he's construing that like he's like interpreting that the left and right hand the good and the evil path the right hand was able to go up onto the surface of the earth and continue beyond this like underground cavernous world.
1: Yeah, led by the king of fear and let and killed off by their own slaves. Yeah. And then right as they were sort of figuring that out, old Johan finds something.
0: Yep. Of course. It wouldn't be a <laughs> wouldn't be a story in the Mignola verse without uh Swatsuka showing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love Abe, hey, damn. These guys are
0: Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I like. Oh, no, you're okay. fine. Uh,
1: it, who cares if you come not I cut got too off? excited. It's so exciting. Guys were everywhere. It's just a fucking scrapped
0: submarine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Think of a fucking Swastika. Nazi submarine. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they were here to enlist the aid of their secret masters. And you see all these like skulls. Too bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> <all> the <laughs> you know? Dead Nazis. Fucking assholes. <laughs> and it looks like it's kind of been like, it's like ripped apart, but it also like maybe got, uh like, scavenged a little or sca- like scavengers have been through it
1: oh totally and I think it are implying too that they got real fucked up because they the helmet he's holding has a big hole in it that the light yeah. is going through oh
0: yeah 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 <laughs> oh I didn't even notice that at first that's really cool it's so good meanwhile Kate's up on the surface and freezing her butt off in this helicopter they're like you know sipping coffee being like you gotta get like tell Tom we lost contact with them. She doesn't know what's going on. She's basically up here struggling being like operations leader or a field director. I hate being field
1: director. Yeah. I love <laughs> her
0: conclusion. Basically like this. Well, it's
1: interesting. Cause she used to be an agent who was a little, like when we were introduced to her. she was the first time on the field and yeah. in wolves of um, St. August. Yeah. And now she's gone through the, uh, we can infer that she's gone through other missions, which we've seen her on. Yeah. And she's probably gone up the ladder and now she's, ha- like, instead of having to be on the ground, she's now taking over and now has to deal with, like, the bureaucracy of her own um, organization.
0: Yeah. And she very much feels to me like the Trevor Broom of uh, of this, like, era of the BPRD. Like, she's she likes learning about it. She likes, like, being at the desk. She doesn't mind doing that stuff. Yeah. And she, or I guess not because, like, Broom liked going out into the field a lot. Um, yeah may, maybe she's it. not because yeah I, I take that and back and I think it's
1: a different era too I think you're right in the sense to to equate the two in the that's sense like of their that, position that's what
0: her position would be yeah but she's she liked the other side of it more yeah
1: and times have changed I think in the era of Broom you probably had a little less bureaucracy there's probably yeah. a little less red tape to go through
0: he probably had a little more control over stuff and like and she's they were probably sort of gung of, I
1: mean, ho it's an exciting new world yeah. you know now yeah. it's like they're threats yeah <laughs> and also, we have budgets to keep, and I need these guys. You know what I mean? There's so much that she's having a, in this conversation in the about in the helicopter. She's just dealing with bullshit.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> she needs s- backup, and they can't. I can't talk to my people. They're like radios out and all this shit.
1: They're telling him that the head, Tom Manning, is busy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's oh, like fuck. I don't
0: care if he's like at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: get him on the goddamn phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, like down in the caverns, they're like. Inspecting the machines, and it looks like these ones aren't as scrapped up as the other ones that they saw. They're like, it looks like somebody's repairing them. Yeah. We see a quick little shot of one of the little guys, and then he s- disappears r- immediately. Um, Do you think
1: they see him right here? Because, or is it just what he's saying? Repair it. They don't see him, right? I assume that, that, not. The, I, I assume, assume they're not like too. Still I just wanted to make followed. it clear because he says that does not bode well, and I was like, that can't be the image. That's not. That's I think just he's just thinking like the, the repair. The yeah. like, oh okay. shit, cool.
0: Um, Yeah, and then we get this cool, to give you like an idea of the scale of the place that they're in, this like awesome fossil or like carving in the wall Yeah, and an enormous doorway and the three of them walking through, pretty cool panel. And then uh, Johan's like, wait, you said they wanted to blow you up, like kind of following up on that. (laughs) Uh, It's like, yeah, Hellboy told him to trust me. He sounds like a good friend. He was the best, like really just kind of getting the sense of how much the rest of this team misses Hellboy. And then Abe does a little like, wait a minute, do you guys hear that? And the rumble increases, increases oh, until- we've heard this rumble before. Yeah, what the hell? And it's just like a huge, like, toady version of these underground dwellers. Yeah, it has just like a weird awful. hairy
1: back. It is awful. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's just a nasty looking boy. He's the big- Big daddy of these things.
1: And then these ones are more warrior-esque. They have like swords. They're not the primitive ones. He's like, and Abe's just like, I don't think these guys are going to scare as easy as those caveman types we ran into before. Yeah, they're a little more intimidating. (laughs) A little more. And they got that big fucker with them. Yeah, (laughs) And that's the end of issue two. That's it. That's the cliffhanger. You're You're going to have to wait a couple of months until July for the fucking third issue. But that's it. That's what we're going to cover for this. Any... Immediately, we're gonna go into our final thoughts. Yeah. Any immediately like your final your first reactions to this, favorite panels, favorite I like anything is just there's so much to discuss, especially this being our first BPRD storyline.
0: Yeah. well, I guess like there's a lot of stuff that I like of like Abe's character development. Uh, what does stand out to me are the uh, seeing Hellboy from their perspectives too. Yeah. Like him opening the chamber to Abe's, you know, Abe's like uh, little like water chamber there and saying like, you know, standing up to the bureau basically I thought was really cool. And I think he draws Hellboy in a cool way. Very distinct from Mignola, I think, especially at this point where it's like he's, Mignola's getting simpler and simpler. And this version of Hellboy almost is reminiscent of the earlier versions that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a little more detailed and everything. Um st- still very cool. I think I like just the general like close-ups of Abe in this first issue too. When we're first introduced to him. Yeah, or, like or in his, his apartment. Introduction, yeah. Yeah. I think he just is drawn well here. I think he looks really neat. Um, yeah, he
1: has a really strong really strong features and especially his first close-up.
0: Yeah. It's I think beautiful. those like visually are my favorites. That's um, great. Yeah. It's like funny. It's funny that it like doesn't stray too far from Mignola's style, but it's still—it's new. It's new, and it like feels like composition of the page as a whole. I guess like Mignola is such a master at it, or either that or I'm just used to it. So like I feel like that in general is not as impressive to me, but it's in no way like bad it's very it's still very very well done
1: yeah and he's doing the story he probably put a lot into the script I mean we yeah. clearly don't have the script here f- to see how much he was writing exactly what was in each panel and yeah. so forth but him being still a story writer it's like you got to assume that there was a lot in there yeah. unto where things and how a page should flow yeah and I bet you right I mean Ryan Sook on his own merits probably read all the Hellboy stuff and they Picked up from where they had and, and then went on his own and made it. I mean, it still feels like a new. It doesn't feel... it Again, it doesn't ever stink of like an imitation.
0: Right. I guess really because he's not imitating Hellboy too much. He's showing little bits and pieces of him, but it's through somebody else's lens.
1: Yeah, and which is the perfect device yeah. to finally have another artist... In a story, portray Hellboy is like oh, yeah. from another point of view. So if, even us as a reader, that we're so used to our main character being drawn one way, yeah. Now we're being introduced like oh, we can now ease into the idea that he could be drawn a different way, and it's like it's maybe perfect. subconsciously, yeah, it's perfect, yeah, for us to just go like yeah, that's that's, that's different perspective, yeah. yeah.
0: It's yeah, that's a great point. That's it's, very cool.
1: It's pretty ingenious, and it's meh, and you don't know, and it, it either they thought of it that way or it's just. What's magical about great storytelling in that way? You yeah. just those kind of things fall into our laps. Yeah. When we're just trying to honor what we already what we built on before. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Um I, I think my favorite panel, there's so many. My favorites I think is Johan looking at his plastic suit being. <laughs> yeah, built well, he's in the, in the, the tube. First issue. He's in his own tube. I think that's gorgeous and I love that. It's very cool. I love Liz's appearance, her fire apparition yeah. to Abe I think that's just great. I really like the close up of her in that one too cuz you just you can see the pain in her eyes and it's so simple there's not great detail it's just eyes and shadow and but you just feel her pain and her fear yeah. through that and then I think my other one I just want to point out right I just love that one slim panel uh, that says it's of Roger, him having that little small smirk in reaction to Johan saying he is a good friend and him saying the best just conveys so much. Yeah. Like you're just like you could get away with that just being enough to convey everything about. Like even if you have not read Almost Colossus or anything yet or Conqueror Worm, if you did just picked this up, yeah, that says it. You That gives you enough, I think, even to go, I got to go back and find out about this relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because,
1: God, that's just a perfect little panel Yeah, with the words and the image. Oh, yeah. Mm, it's amazing that we're, again, uh, everything we're building off of that we love about the previous Hellboy comics and now a team book. It's, it's funny now, after reading these two issues again on mic with you, it's like it doesn't feel lost. Like, even though Scott Alley says they're trying to figure it out, yeah. It's like, but it feels like they did. Yeah,
0: it feels like they got a good amount of it. Like, it, uh, Or, I mean, if they stumbled into it by accident, then they did a great job. Yeah, it's pretty fast It feels like there was a lot of cool stuff contributed here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I applaud them. I applaud them very much. And I love this world that we've now dipped into, the hollow earth, just the creatures and the, all the... Like you said, the scope of everything and how large it is in this underground world is amazing. Yeah. There's so much. And I can't believe we have to wait till another episode. And for the the people in the past, they had to wait (laughs) so many months for this third issue to get to. All right. And before we get to our final segment of the episode, um, this is our suggestion segment. I realized we didn't do it last episode. Oh, shit. Uh I only realized it when I was editing the episode, but I was like, you know what? We covered a lot of stuff um, along with the Lost Army that it was okay. That I think we were all right. But this is our segment. And do you have anything you want to suggest for our listeners to read, watch, or enjoy that's based on what we just went through with Hollow Earth or anything that's inspired by that?
0: From our underground stuff? Uh, I'm going to jump in there. Okay, please do. (laughs) Uh,
1: I immediately thought of with all the great underground stuff was, go watch Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah, where they're walking around. I think all the undergrounds. Helms Deep? Is that what it's called? What is the underground world? I don't know Lord of the Rings as much as everybody else. It's where the dwarves used to dwell. Um, in the mountain. um, But it made me really think of that. And I had recently watched Fellowship of the Ring again because it's on Netflix, even though they, I hate it when they only have one of three on there, even though I'm not a big Return of the King fan. I think it has flaws. The first two, I fucking love. Yeah, they're great. They're I so love fun. The Two Towers and the Fellowship of the Ring. But I was like... The
0: Minds of Moria. Yeah,
1: Minds of Moria are very... It <laughs> made me think of that when I was uh, reading. So I was like, if you haven't seen those, or if you want to revisit, that would be my suggestion: is go read those. Yeah, go the, go watch those. The only thing you don't I'm have to read that's a big, for...
0: uh, well, that's, Yeah, that's a big undertaking. That's a
1: big undertaking if you want to reread them. <laughs> for some people, maybe. Yeah,
0: there. Uh, it is the only thing coming to mind with like underground stuff. They go into <laughs> I sewers. mean, you don't have to. It can be
1: anything. But because guys ever butt. heard of it? I think you've, refer- so you've already referenced that one, and you. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. Uh, you got a new dog. You're tired.
0: Yeah, I guess my suggestion is go get a dog and...
1: Oh, my God. Go... uh, (laughs) Get a
0: chill old one. I love it. She's very good, but she's still... I'm just worried. I feel bad being anxious about her, but I am. You gotta
1: not be anxious. You gotta let... You gotta gotta just find your flow with with them. Just find
0: acceptance that my hands are always going to smell like dog for the rest of my life.
1: Uh, But that's it. I don't know if I have anything... Maybe I would highly, uh, the other thing maybe I'd suggest, just with the Bureau stuff, sort of like having its darker side with Roger and everything and them sort of dealing with the inner um, turmoil of the of the team, um, I highly suggest reading uh, The Astonishing X-Men by Josh Whedon. I think oh, yeah. his two, his two storylines are very good. One of them is awesome when you find out that the war room uh, is actually a sentient being yeah. that Xavier is pretty much enslaved to help the X Men train, it's messed and up. she becomes she gets free and be, she fights them, it's fucking a great, it's a great ride. When you that's get to someone that's like the, really
0: Kitty Pride heavy, right? Like I feel that's like the I've,
1: second one. Yes, okay, because okay, that okay. that one's amazing. It has the giant bullet and Kitty yes, Pride. Uh, yes. makes it translucent so that it doesn't destroy that world. It's amazing. So yeah, that's my other suggestion. Is that Astonishing X Men? Oh, Those two storylines are. Brilliant, Josh Wheaton. Ditto. Stuff.
2: <laughs> but yeah that's
1: our uh, suggestion for that we want to hear from you about your thoughts on hollow earth and um, anything else we uh, read on the podcast and discuss so please email us at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. we as you know will read those emails word for word right here on the pod yeah so before we close out we got another uh, final segment for you and it's one that you probably love because we just talk <laughs> about things that are Hellboy merch. It's Hell to Pay! Now, we have three things to discuss in Hell to Pay that are coming out. Uh, The first one is, and it's directly related to Countdown to Hellboy 2019, it's the new Funko. There's a a Funko just recently revealed. I'm pulling this from comicbook.com. I bet it's everywhere on every comic book um, website. You can just Google it. Um, it's Funko Reveals the Hellboy movie version. Yeah. So it looks cool. I mean, again, it's hard to say if we're all going to, as fans of Hellboy, going to love it or not, but for a Funko toy, it's designed really well. Oh, Big yellow eyes. It's you got know. that
0: texture, like that more like scarred up texture of his skin.
1: Yeah, this guy's seen some shit. He has that long rocker hair.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, he has like the B, the classic BPRT t-shirt. Which is always, it's, I love it, but it's always silly that they have t-shirts. Right. It's they have like, like for a bureau. Yeah. yeah. For a bureau having merch and those, is very funny. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, the only controversial thing I can see immediately is that he's wearing those boots, so we don't know if he has hood feet or not. Yeah. Which I realize. I
0: wonder if they'll s- show it in the movie. They'll just show him putting his shoes on.
1: Yeah. That should buds. just be the opening scene just to yeah. get over with it. Some wiggling is Hooves into the big boots, yeah. Designed boots, or he's like talking to, uh, like in James Bond, they have like a queue for the bureau, and he's designed him his shoes, yeah, and he's, he's handing he's him over specialty. for him, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's a cool Funko toy. Funko does a great job on all their variations. Yeah. So. yeah you know, I think if you're just a Hellboy fan in general and you're a completist, that's a perfect thing for you. Yeah. Great. Our next thing is going to be the. And again, also with the the Hellboy uh, movie coming out, we it's just they have announced. I think this is sort of older news. Actually, nothing really new. New. They're doing uh, with, coinciding with the release of the Hell, new Hellboy movie, they're going to be doing a Hellboy art of the motion picture book. Yeah, those are always cool. Again, it's an it's a it's an item that I don't know if you're going to purchase it right away or before I always i am like conflicted with these art books because they release them they tend to release them a week or so before the movie gets released and it always bothers me because I I think the I have a force awakens book art book yeah and I love it I love it yeah but I was like I knew it, it came out before the fucking movie I think what if it sucks also what does it suck what if, yeah. uh, what if it has a spoiler in it
0: yeah so it definitely sh- would you wouldn't <laughs> be able to look at that
1: before yeah I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of those art books come out prior to the book, the movie release, and I'm like, stop doing that.
0: Yeah, release it the day, like a week or
1: two after. That's funny. But I mean, I might be wrong. I can't remember the release date um, for this new uh, Hellboy art. Out of the motion picture, but that's cool. I think if you're into that, even if you're into just art design, you might be somebody that's pursuing like that as a career, maybe like production design or yeah. makeup or costuming or, you know, They're creature creation. Those are book. That's a book for you. I think yeah. to see a world building star. It's funny visually. that you
0: do have a star Wars one. I always associate stuff like that with star Wars. Cause I feel like they go deep and they have like, Oh yeah. Have, any information that you want on a Star Wars movie, you can get it. <laughs> oh yeah, you can they get make it on all the vehicles. I have a book on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have like a distinct memory of being in a Sam's Club looking at a you know <laughs> like their stack of books. Sam's Club. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. like looking at one for um, Episode One for Phantom Menace, like that. an art book of the Phantom Menace. Anywho's.
1: Yeah, I I mean all of those. Even if those, I mean even the prequels for their many flaws, those art books are fucking awesome.
0: It's cool. All it's very comprehensive. It's like, yeah. this is the, yeah, if you... Because
1: you, one of my biggest ones, you just got me on a little tangent. One of my biggest ones is that I like, Darth Maul looks cool in the movie, I'll give it you. Yeah. Know. But they're in one of the art books for Phantom Menace. There's a version in one of his designs that I like so much better where yeah, he's like, like wearing white.
2: Weird. His, yeah
1: he has like a high collar it's like a bust f- like drawing of him he has like a high collar he's wearing white and his like horns are like look like barbs that he's like tied around his head almost like like in a sense like a Sith sort of like giving himself some sort of punishment almost Ugh. I think the design is way cooler than what they ended up with in the movie sometimes those art books can make you go like oh they could have done better <laughs> yeah, it's tough because uh, the there's so ones, many people making this I disagree because I love the new Star Wars. So. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it's something cool. to check out. I think I
0: want to see that.
1: And then the next thing that's coming out, a uh, last little thing for all you fans. This is something we haven't watched yet. We won't watch for a while but we are going to cover it on the podcast. They're, they just, they're releasing a double feature of both the animated movies in 4k, um, ultra HD. So if you're a huge Hellboy fan, I'm not sure if these have been released just yet, but it's cool. Um,
0: April 2nd.
1: April 2nd. There you go. It's all right before the movie release. So you can really get pumped for the new movie Sweet. by watching these on 4K. Um, it's going to be great. I think, what are the titles again of it? Um, it's called, it's Sword, Sword of Storms. Mm-hmm. Is that what it? Yeah, is? Sword
0: of Storms and yeah. Blood and Iron.
1: Blood and Iron. Great. Oh, I have never seen them as of yet. I, I actually hear they're good.
0: I heard they're good, too. I'm excited to watch them. Yeah,
1: when we get to those, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ron Perlman voices it. Yeah. So, very cool. So, those are definitely things to check out, yeah, but remember, it will be hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't give you any of the pricing, just so you can find out for yourself. <laughs> any of that can be Googled and found online. For all of you Hellboy fans out there, you probably already knew about all of it, but we love <laughs> you anyway. You're just ahead in of case. A, you're always ahead of the curve. <laughs> uh, but, great. Thank you again for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Ah Crap A Hellboy Podcast, Twitter Ah Crap Hellboy, and subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you podcast. Remember, if you do give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, that's and that review starts with the word boom, <laughs> we will give you a shout out and read your review right here on the podcast. So we can't wait to hear from you. We can't wait to see your um, hashtag right hand of draw um, BPRD break room pictures. Thank you again for listening and we love you.
0: My sneaker just made a squeak and it sounded like a butt.
2: Sorry. (laughs) Hey, I'm Steph Garcia, host of That's My Story, period, a compilation of hilarious stories from people who happen to get a period. We've had stories about losing teeth, tampons on basketball courts, and even a little taste of Hollywood. I also interview some guests to give you and me even more menstruation knowledge. So check out That's My Story, period, on Campfire Media and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can have that time of the month all month. Long. Campfire.